thought you had a cocktail or something. Yeah. And I saw the orange bit. I was like, I've got a Manchester United. I thought it was like mini umbrella. Like, well, and it has the old badge where you say football club on it. Ah, yeah, like. The Before the bad times. Yep, yep, yep. Right, let's get going. Wait, 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 wait. Why is my laptop not charging? What's happening here? We've got a disconnect somewhere. Where's it not plugged in? Uh, oh, it's not plugged in at all. That would be why. Because I plugged in my Wii U controller charger instead. There we go. That should be it. You know what I'm actually going to do as well? My Wi-Fi signal is very weak, so I'm going to mm. move to my phone hotspot. Just to be safe. So I might freeze for a second here. Mm. While I switch over. Now my laptop Wi-Fi is misbehaving. It's not showing me the options. Uh-oh. Very annoying. Useless laptop. Now nothing is working. Ah! Oh, God. Oh, no. I'm going the long way around now through my control panel. Because so I can select from there the... Uh, Wi-Fi, I think. Wi-Fi, show available networks, pause phone, connect. Boom. There we go. Come on. Okay, it's, we're connected. Connected and secured. Okay. Good. Better. Right. Let's get her done. <clears throat> Welcome to episode 626 of the Chair Shop Podcast. We are back once again. It is fully fledged autumn uh, in the Northern Hemisphere. The uh, leaves have come down. The uh, conkers or horse chestnuts, as you may know them in other parts of the world, have come down. Uh, do you call them conkers in Ireland? We do. do. Conkers? We do, of course. Yeah, yeah. They fuck it. They love conkers over there. They are <laughs> mad for conkers. Just <laughs> grand champions. They are the best. Um, oh, I love a conker. I picked one up yesterday because I was just. I'm not going to like play conkers, but it's just they're so shiny and appealing. I was just like, oh, pick up a nice conker. Is, is it not hard. even a little bit? I know we're, we're full on in September now. Is it still not a little bit early for a good conquer? But there's a lot that have come down, I would say. Right. They, they seem to fall a little bit early, maybe mm. because the weather dropped pretty, you know, the temperature dropped pretty quickly. Mm. So uh, there were quite a few about. There's still a lot on the tree, though. So, yeah, probably not prime. I think once you get to October, you get the mature. Yeah, you, you almost want too. them to, to fall and... and not wither, but go a little bit 
less plump. Yeah, less juicy. Less juicy. Those so, juicy uh, conkers are a little easy to crack, fun. I find. Isn't that mad yeah. that in, in you know the US and that, where you would think with all they have going on at this time of year, Halloween, uh, oh, back to yeah. school, that conkers, I don't know, do they just not have horse chestnut? trees over there is that just they don't have that uh genus there must be some there must be some over there they just never thought to drill a hole in it put some string through and then yeah. smash it against another one to see who wins they had know, tv like. and stuff though yeah yeah they'd already invented <laughs> television so that was the problem we were still putting shoelaces through a little we had to make our own entertainment you know in the th- 20s 30s 40s through to the 80s and yeah, 90s, 50s, 60s, you know. 70s 80s 90s yeah yeah, yeah. Do you th- do kids still do conkers though? I I I, I would really assume they have a conker app on their phone now. <laughs> they swing the phone at each other, and it's like yeah. oh, as hard as you can. There might be a little uh, niche area in the market though. Uh, conkers go in a Pokemon Go style. You can scan in your conker. Oh yeah 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 and. Catch them all, maybe. Catch them all, the conkers. Yeah, that'd be nice. Um, we are in autumn, and it is. We are not joined by Barry this week because he's on holiday again. Uh, oh, what's that? Another holiday, Barry? Oh yeah, you got you. Yeah, he's been doing a lot. He's been working hard. Let him, let him have another holiday, uh, a little break for Barry. So we're here, though. We're here for a little two-hander. Um, I love so a two-hander. So I do. Oh well, we yeah. won't mind for when two. one just isn't enough. When one hand isn't enough, uh, three is too many. <laughs> There's the two-hander. Uh, <laughs> so we are going to be talking uh, lots of things. Uh, quite a bit of wrestling. It was AEW Grand Slam this week, so yep. I think we're going to kick off with that. And then we'll get into a little bit more wrestling news, and then life updates, and then a few uh, few reviews of a few different things. Okay. So let's kick off with uh, the big show of the week, AEW Grand Slam. Um, which I have to say was a, a rating success this year, considering the ratings AEW have been doing. Yeah. It did a point, nearly a million viewers and a point three six in the ratings, which uh, is well above anything AEW has done in probably since last Grand Slam, if we're honest. Yeah, it seems uh, like they've kind of settled into this eight to 900,000 mm. uh, sub TNA impact. Uh, <laughs> level that's one way to describe it yeah but they're 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 pretty consistent with that and i guess that's why tbs yeah. and Warner are so happy i was actually watching some clips of tna impact from back in the day to compare mm. to what we have today and obviously they had more people watching at the time i mean it's, it's commonly known that you know impact's biggest issue had always been turning viewers into paying customers mm. in terms of selling pay-per-views. They were never particularly good at selling pay-per-views. Um, even then they, they were on the one, uh, one a month model during their peak years. Mm. Mm. Um, but I was watching, a sh- I was watching a, a, a clip and it was uh, 2013. I want to say it was AJ Styles turning on the aces and eights. So we're talking relatively late even into into their run you know this is after the Hogan years or I guess Hogan was still around during the beginning of the 
base in it. Oh, brother. Um, but it was like a decent, decent crowd there in front of. This wasn't mm-hmm. in the impact zone. This seemed to be in right. a an arena somewhere, and it seemed to be you know decently, decently packed. You know, it's, it's we kind of take for granted now that AW exists and has this fan base, and you know sells plenty of tickets to these uh yeah. medium-sized arenas on a, on a more or less weekly basis but i i it's it, I, I forget that tna had a little bit of success in in that um in that realm as well i always seem to think back to tna of having just always been in the impact zone basically the entirety of their existence which i know was yeah cool for most of it but not it was true for most of it but that was one of always one of the talking points oh they need to get out of the impact zone you know but the problem is well you need to draw outside of the impact zone not get out of the impact zone if you can't draw 3,000 people a week going on the road then you you can't leave and the impact zone was was not paid attendance either impact zone was free so yeah it was tourists wasn't it so but uh yeah we're hearing Arthur Ashe for the Third time, times. is it now? Oh, no, for the first thing. Yeah, third Grand Slam. Yeah. Um, the, the attendances have, have gradually decreased each each year. I think I, it's a consequence, obviously, of you know the hype has died down for those first couple yes. of years, obviously. They sold it out the first year, or near, near enough. It was like 20,000 people. That was their biggest crowd. Last year, it was about 11,000, 12,000. This year, I think they just about got past 10,000. Uh, gave gave them some tickets away, which is a reasonable crowd. Ten thousand for a TV taping is actually pretty reasonable, but then when you're in a big stadium like that, it looks yeah a little bit a little bit disappointing. Um, but I think a, probably a very successful event. They probably did like a, a million at the box office because their, their ticket prices are obscene. They they that is the other thing that's changed from the first year that the ticket prices are probably double what they were at the first Grand Slam. Yeah, so they're making a lot more money, but it's much smaller crowd. Um, but yeah, I would say success TV ratings wise, and I thought the show, I thought Dynamite was was very good. Rampage, I be honest, I could have uh, skipped that one. I didn't really get too much out of it. I thought for for a Rampage, it was it was fairly good. Um, well, it was better than yeah. Better I mean, not a, not a comparison to to Dynamite, of course, but it it had stuff happen on it. <laughs> uh, it wasn't entirely. Yeah, nothing in you know it was newsworthy there, there there were things that happened on it that had you not watched it you would have you would have missed out some some storyline advancements and so that's yeah. more than you can say for your typical rampage uh, it was definitely the weakest two hours of the week compared to dynamite and collision which i thought were both great mm. they were both Great. And what, what I particularly liked about Dynamite is the real... So it was five five singles matches and five pretty well... I mean, apart from the international championship, which didn't have much of a build, the other four were all kind of very storyline, feud-driven singles matches, Yeah, which is what people want to see, which is what draws money. I'm sorry. That's that's what works. You know, and you see the rating. You know, it, it, it paid off. I mean, the, um, the thing with wrestling... Which Tony Khan for, can forget is that wrestling is just Coronation Street or EastEnders with more stunts involved. Yeah, you know, you can't say, okay, we're going to let Gale 
sit out for a few weeks. You know, we're we're gonna we're gonna start pushing uh, Roy and his his little uh, calf, little calf. But yeah, you know, yeah. We're, we're gonna we're gonna let him you know, forget about him for a week or two. No, you gotta have your characters and your storylines and things happening, and uh, mm. you know, and obviously rather than. Uh, a slap in the rover's return you have a match at the end of it or, or, yeah. or a murder yeah, or whatever yeah. in, in, in the soaps but I mean that's that's the thing is the, the AW has great matches we know that we, 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 we're not gonna um, deny that and, and that to an extent uh, retroactively justifies some poor booking uh, in terms of building intriguing storylines I mean how many times have we Got mm-hmm. to the pay per view and the, oh the pay per view was great despite the complaints on the way, and so we almost kind of say oh well actually it was good then, mm-hmm. but it wouldn't be nice if the storylines were consistently intriguing you along the way to a very good payoff with a very good match. That would make for better television. It's certainly more anticipation of the event and business wise would probably help. But anyway, this was a good show. Uh, kicked off with Edward Kingston and Claudio Castagnoli for the the two championships. Yeah, uh, I thought a very good match. I've enjoyed this this feud. I think Eddie always brings a bit of heat yeah. to to his feuds, uh, and I thought a very good match with finally Eddie getting his uh, his moment, get his W. Yeah, yeah. one thing I like particularly about Eddie Kingston is he's kind of he has the underdog thing, and also he's mm-hmm. so. Ironic, ironically, I would say likable, but like his character isn't that he is likable. It's that he's authentic, and through that, he's yeah. very likable, which is which is nice. Yeah. So he, he's not humble. He talks a lot of shit about people. He says he's going to do this and he's going to do this, which is makes him entertaining. But at the same time, he does, like you say, have that underdog, authentic feel, kind of like a Dusty Rhodes. You know, yeah. He would, he would talk shit about Ric Flair, but he also felt like he was the underdog, the humble guy. Or like, you know, like a lot of people. I think that's a real art that, that the, the best promos kind of manage. To, uh, to talk, yeah. talk shit and be entertaining, but also feel like you're the you're the, the, the underdog as well. Something John Cena never really managed yeah. to. <laughs> no, I think that was a big problem. Uh, but I don't, like The Rock, I feel like... He could do that really well, actually. Despite what I was thinking of The Rock as being constantly trash-talking, telling people to shut the fuck up, you're a bitch, you're a fucking little shit bitch, and I'm going to kill you. He always... I forget that that promo, when he said, you're a fucking shit bitch, and I'm going to kill you. That was the the Billy Gunn one, was it? That was... uh, I think it was on Metal. I don't know if you watched that. Um, but you know what I mean? Like he, he, yeah, he, yeah. he had that. So um, and, and Eddie Kingston kind of. We never talked off. about The Rock being on SmackDown the other week, by the way. because uh, he's quite boring now, isn't he? The and Rock? Nia Jax returning he's... the same week. What coincidence? Oh, the, the real bloodline. It's gonna be bloodline versus bloodline. I thought The Rock's just a segue briefly. I thought The Rock's segment on SmackDown was actually quite good. But yeah. Um, <laughs> It, 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 I, I got the smell off it as I'm getting off John Cena's latest run because the strike is going on mm-hmm. and uh, Mr. Mr. Dwayne and his movies are, are, are nothing's happening at the moment give old Vince a call and say brother uh, you got anything for me <laughs> oh yeah and, and he did that interview with Pat McAfee where he was like oh yeah we were going to do uh, Roman at 39 and maybe we're going to do it for 40 depends if the strike is still going on uh, yeah probably. Oh god! It'd be good for him to get back into wrestling because 
in my actual show a bit of personality when he's in the wrestler ring. Unlike when he does interviews and it's the corporate spokesperson promoting the tequila and the energy drink and the Black Adam marketing he loves, campaign. He loves shoehorning that, that tequila in the States. Oh my God. It's just so boring. Remember The Rock was like interesting. Now he's just this boring marketing company. He was like, cool is what the difference is. He was cool. But he, you know, he had a personality. Anyway. Yeah, he was back. Cena was back. That made for a very successful SmackDown. But, um, Grand Slam, we after after the Eddie Kingston match, we got Chris Jericho versus Sammy Guevara. Um, singles match. It was okay. It got a very um, good review from uh, David Meltzer. Well, I think he gave it, it I think he gave it four four oh, four two five. Yeah, I thought I thought it was generally well, good, but there were there were parts for it where they weren't entirely on the same page. There was some yeah. there was some sloppiness in there. Um, yeah, it was it was okay. I, I didn't think it was bad. No, no, it so, wasn't bad. And obviously, there were match. the allusions to the WrestleMania 19 match uh, between ah, of course, Jericho yes. and Shawn Michaels. I mean, they literally beat for beat did the exact same post match uh, angle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, albeit Don Callis didn't come down at WrestleMania. Oh, he did. Hmm. I think so. Uh, I like that though. I liked uh, I like Sammy joining the Callas family. Yes, and I think He's this is much better as a kid. This is what I was going to say: is you know tr- having Sammy be a baby face as recently he has has a stink of that John Cena and Roman Reigns top yeah. level baby face push to it, where sometimes you you just shouldn't push against the waves. You know the, the fans. Mm-hmm don't want to really like Sammy. Uh, he's very so unlike, unnaturally unlikable. Why not just have him be a heel? <laughs> he's like he's like the inverse Ricky Steamboat. <laughs> he's just naturally or quite unlikable. Yeah. Um, I think he's, so I think this I think he's better at a heel anyway. He, I mean, he does the flashy moves that you might associate with a high-flying baby face, but mm. he's very smarmy. He's very... Uh, Logan Paul esque, I would say, in terms of he's he he comes off like he's like you know he's a modern character. He's like an annoying YouTuber, which he is because he has yeah, a, has a he is an annoying YouTuber. Yeah, I think I should play into that to have him you know do a bit more of that. Um, but I think him and Carlos with Takeshi, I think that's a good little good little and unit. I'll spray, uh, as we would learn, and I'll spray in there. Yeah, yeah, he can maybe add a, maybe add someone else to to that group, and yeah, be a nice little nice little you heel unit. Maybe one of the women might fit in there. Oh, yeah. Uh, and Athena, maybe? Oh, Athena, yes. Could be, could be. Um, but yeah, I like that turn, so that was fine. Ray Phoenix, John Moxley. Well, don't think this one quite went to plan, because uh, it seemed like Moxley got his bell rung uh, before the bell had actually rang. <laughs> uh, <laughs> There's a bell ringing in the wrong order. Phoenix leapt off the, uh, the ramp at Moxley and seemed to just land on his head. Yeah. <laughs> his head took the the bulk of the, uh, the spot there. Yeah. Um, that was unfortunate. And then they had a pretty, you know, pretty good match. Oh, they had a perfectly yeah. cromulent match given the circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, bloody referee though. I know he's been getting a lot of criticism this last week, Rick mm-hmm. Knox. Uh, he is rubbish. 
to be fair. Uh, but he is also the young buck's mate. So, ah, so can't get rid of him. So you'll be seeing him, um, seeing him around. I would probably limit his involvement to like young bucks <laughs> matches. Uh, or the righteous dark order, you know. Yeah, maybe, maybe, Hollywood, maybe Hollywood he, hunks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He could, he could be a rampage exclusive. If we're doing the soft brand split, we could do that with referees as well, maybe. <laughs> It's a rampage. But yeah, I mean, the worst thing that can happen in a match, aside from a catastrophic injury, but I mean, as far as a viewer, in, in terms of immersion breaking, uh, mm. the old ref doesn't count the third and the ref, the wrestler doesn't kick out is mm. Mm. can really, really kill a match, you know? Um, uh, although at the same time, these, these three in the ring are, should be in constant communication, you know? Uh, the wrestlers are communicating. Obviously, the referee is integral to that as well. The referee is giving them time cues and and such. Uh, and maybe they should have said to the ref, look, we're calling an audible. This is the finish. Yeah. Maybe three, it was Moxley. I think it was Moxley that called it. So maybe backstage, we're not sure if Moxley wanted to mm. lose. I don't know. But anyway, a bit of a, bit of a fucky finish, but... It was, it was fine. I, yeah, I, mean, I, I, would, I would think if Moxley was initially supposed to win, that mm. they they ought to maybe have gone in a, in an other direction than giving Phoenix the belt. I mean, if Moxley yeah. is was mild concussion is what we've heard. Uh, if he's going to be out for a couple of weeks, I mean that's fine. You know, just don't just don't have the belt on TV for a couple of weeks. Mm. You know, I mean Moxley had only yeah, just won it and had two or three defenses prior to this one and he got his bell rung a little bit it just seems a bit extreme for them to jump straight to him losing losing the belt to Phoenix you know maybe he thought mm-hmm. okay we'll get Phoenix a little bit of a rub ski and uh, make the best of a bad situation but I don't know it, it felt like you know Cassidy winning the belt from Pack and Cassidy to Mox had a very planned yeah. direction to it you know okay we're gonna we had orange cassidy defending every week mox is doing now it's a very different style very different thing and okay you know phoenix having the belt can have an extra dimension to it but it doesn't it doesn't feel like a a good transition you know i mean we're, we're gonna have lucha, nah. lucha matches now for the next little while which is which is cool you know as i was saying last week or week before international title is great because you get these different styles uh, of the defenses, mm. Orange Cassidy now Moxley felt like a different, very different style, and now Phoenix again. But um, I'd I'd like to see him maybe don't go straight back to Mox if you're gonna eventually want get the title back to him. Put it on like a Jay White or an Andrade or a Miro, you a know, tra- transitional Future. champion. Yeah, we'll have we'll have Phoenix be the transitional champion, but then put it on someone like interesting <laughs> who can then go and have a big match with Moxley. You know, I'd rather see that than have than just have Phoenix drop it back to Moxley because which is the that's obvious kind of do. It's a little bit probably what they do, but I think it's a bit predictable. Like you could build up a big Mox international title match with one of those guys, and that'd be a big pay per view. Yeah, do it at full gear or whatever. You know. Yeah, I mean the um, the issue though is yeah. now the way that they did it is you don't have the Moxley. I never really lost the title angle because he did. He lost clearly <laughs> to Phoenix, um, as opposed to if he were to retain here or do a double count out or something and then he vacate the title then you have that angle where Mox can go for it again because he was never truly beaten 
uh, mm. here he was. Like you say, he was he was uh, concussed before the match started. That's a little true, uh, true. A little get out there, maybe. Yeah, yeah. The mocks would need a, an excuse. Anyway, uh, they can weave into the storyline that the incompetent referee let him wrestle anyway. Yeah, yeah. Old rookie knocks. Uh, Soraya beat Tony Storm, which I think I expected. I didn't think Soraya would drop it as quickly. No, I think we talked about that last week. Tony Storm had her mm. new entrance with the uh, the black and white. Yeah, which is great. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's cool. And the big spot for the match was Tony hitting the uh, the big kiss in the pile driver, which. Uh, I thought it was going to be. I thought it was she was going to win with that, mm. but obviously, wasn't to be. Um, it's not much, but it was good. Mm, main event: MJF uh, defeats Samoa Joe, and uh, it's a pretty good match. Yeah, we had the Bret Hart vignette. Did, did the Bret Hart uh, parody, which was was very funny. Max, go get him, champ. <laughs> See, this I thought the little kid was really good. I, I thought that kid was did a good. But job. This was actual parody. This felt like a yeah. a proper, you know, in in the way that WWE struggles to do. Uh, the mm. shots were all perfect. It had funny little yeah. payoff at the end that played into the character. Um, mm. yeah, top top stuff. Very very, very very clever. Very funny. Um. I thought the main event was great. Uh, Samoa Joe, uh, Samoa Joe, the, the, the boy. Was it? Was it before? I can't remember what point in the show it was, but with the um, the Roderick Strong in the creaky bed uh, segment. Oh, did we? That was much. We, we didn't talk about that, but that was that was so funny. That was funny, Adam. Adam, I can't see you. Open your eyes. Oh, there you are. Cole just remember in the hospital. Um, in the, very, in the very, very real hospital, yeah. Definitely a real hospital. I think it's the same one that at Hangman Page was at when he set up the six-man for All In, if you remember that. Yeah. A yeah. very real ambulance and hospital. <laughs> um, I like that Roderick Strong is now the one carrying the kind of comedy of this whole angle. Before, it was very much Cole and MJF going to yeah. restaurants and uh, trampoline parks. Now, they're not really doing any comedy together. It's all just Roderick Strong <laughs> carrying it. Who would have predicted he would be the one carrying the you know, the comedy part of this, this yeah. feud? Um, I, love when, yeah, I love when the kingdom had to leave for their match. And Roderick Strong was like, okay with it. And then 10 no, seconds later, Adam Cole says, I got to go. <laughs> what? <laughs> Looks like he's all upset about it. Oh, it's brilliant. good. They're, brilliant. They're they're kind of stretching this one out now. I like there hasn't been a whole lot of progression. I feel like at this angle, it's kind of a sort of same thing every week, but it's kind of entertaining, and, and hopefully they they do something with it sooner rather than later. Uh, mm. We'll talk about what MJF and Adam Cole are doing at the uh, the Wrestle Dream pay per view, which is an interesting one. Yeah. So uh, um, yeah. MJF. Uh, very very funny uh when he was um looking into the camera with his little dynamite diamond ring oh mm. what's this oh am i using the, oh naughty me very 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 funny um got the win with the choke as he promised i'll be yeah. it with an extra bit of hardware they did the call back to having the thing under his armpit fall out this time he right. grabbed the referee away and adam cole grabbed it and Snuffled it down his trousers, mm-hmm. uh, and then Joe shook his hand and went to the back. Yeah, 
Yeah. Proper, proper good. main event stuff. This is great. Good world title match. Very, very, yeah. uh, very much. Very good. Yeah, big pile driver. Oh, the sell on the pile driver as well. Ah, oh, the outside. Mm. It's brilliant. Brilliant, mm. brilliant, brilliant. Very, very good. So I enjoyed Dynamite a lot. Um, I just want to go through the whole of Rampage. There were quite a lot of matches on Rampage. A two hour, a two, a two hour. hour Rampage. Yeah, it's a two hour Rampage. Um, anything kind of newsworthy? Uh, the Righteous won the four-way tag match to get a I title couldn't, I shot. I don't believe that result. At Wrestle Dream. Now, is it just me, Paul? Or are the Righteous shit? I think it's too early to what say. What do you think? But... Based I, on what we've seen so instinct far. instinct is telling me yes. Shindy is one. That's the vibe I'm getting. They, I, I don't know what their characters are. That might just be lack of exposure to them. Maybe if I had been watching Ring of Honor, I, I'd get it. But they're... T- they're, they're basically Bray Wyatt split in half. You've got one with the dreadlocks and then one who's sort of a big lad with a beard. And they're doing a kind of preacher cult. Almost not quite cold, but like a preacher sort of thing. Is that it? That's kind of what I get from it. It's like... They, they don't feel like fully rounded out characters to me. It's sort of like Dark Order, but without any of the, the comedy or the humor in it. Mm. So, I mean, yeah. the thing that I, I took from the result is maybe it's time for MJF and Adam Cole to lose the titles. <laughs> To vacate the belts. To vacate the belts. Them. And they want him to move it to a, an act who's going to be on Ring of Honor TV. Now, um, you might say, should not, not you have done that with the kingdom. Yeah, possibly. That would but, make that would make more sense, given the storyline. But maybe, you know, maybe MJF and, and Adam Cole having the Ring of Honor tag them titles, maybe that part of the story has served its purpose now and we'll have mm. something happen at the pay-per-view to start moving towards the MJF Adam Cole split and maybe the righteous will will upset of all upsets actually win the titles here and then we can forget that those titles exist again which I am yeah. totally happy to do which would be not yeah I'm very happy to never see the ring of any of the ring of honor belts again well speaking of the young Bizzles and uh, Adam Page for some reason <sighs> won those trios uh, Ring of Honor titles. Here's a question for you, Joe. Which is more uh, useless and obsolete? Is it the Ring of Honor six man titles or the Elite? I would say the Elite are worse because they've they've they feuded with each other and now they've been a unit. And it's gotten to the point where, what else can you do with with any of these combinations of the elite? It's just boring. We've seen it all. It's really, really boring. It's just one step forward, two steps back with Hangman. Going singles, working with Swerve. It's like, yes, here we go. The cowboy shit is back in order. And now he's in a six-man with the the elite. And now they're going to, what, feud with the Dark Order or something? I don't want to see that. Yeah. I, I do not care. It's just... I mean, we were talking about Sammy Guevara uh, earlier. Mm. Young books need to be heels. They are awful at... Um, what, what Eddie Kingston does, basically. They're not mm. likable. Uh, 
They do the nice fancy matches and that, but from a character perspective, they're so fucking annoying with their little mm. runners and their little Marvel comedy promos. Oh, well, that know. just happened. The Young Bucks are that. And yeah. Uh, yeah, ideally, they would have. Here's an idea. Let's do something new. We've been doing the Elite for four years now, and even yeah. prior to AEW for however yeah. many years. How about the how about the Young Bucks join with fucking Swerve or something? Wouldn't that be cool and different and new? God um, forbid. Yeah. God forbid yeah. we do something new with, with the, Young Bucks. The other thing is we've now got Bullet Club Gold, uh, and I think they are like a superior version of what the Elite oh, were. Much fresher, yeah. much more... Funnier, f- fresher, good matches, good mix of personalities. Yeah. Did you see the bit where Jay White was like... St- well, the card blade was there, and then Jay White was like standing behind it, and he was like... Yeah. Oh, yeah. come on. That's a- that made me laugh out loud, which... Yeah, is, yeah. Yeah, for wrestling, is pretty good. Um, yeah, I, I don't know why this, what's going on with the six-man thing, but I, I have no interest in Elite. Six man. We just finished that with Omega and the fucking Bucks. We don't need to see it. The anymore. funny thing is that six man championships sounds on paper like a good idea, but in practice, even the AEW six trios titles, like who gives a shit about? And uh, they're shite. They're 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 not used to their potential. <sighs> the potential being creation of new groups and creation of new teams. Like let's mm. say we were having the Don Callis family uh, Omega thing, and maybe there was titles involved. That might be interesting. But, like, the acclaimed having the titles, like, all right, whatever. Dark Order. Mm. Same. Dark Order, um, like the Young Bucks. Sell by date has passed. Let's do something new. Mix it up. Mix it up. Um, What else do we have? Big old Mike Santana had his... uh, First singles match buried in the middle of a two-hour rampage. Not ideal way to start his ascent to the main event. I I think this is probably the high point, if anything. I feel like it's downhill from here. You think he's dead on arrival? I mean, his name's Mike. That's not... Uh, that's his name. Yeah, but that's... Name You're good... saying name a good wrestler called Mike. Mike Awesome. Yeah. Anyone? Mike DiBiase. Who? Iron Mike. Wasn't there Mike? Uh, Mike. Oh, his the, dad. The dad, yeah. Was he not Mike? Right. Yeah, yeah, he might have been Mike. Okay, that was a while, a while ago. Yeah, Iron, I just, Iron I just Mike. Think, I just think... <laughs> Mike Tyson. Um, I, I, yeah, I don't see them working as singles. I do not think... I think Ortiz especially is... Um, they are tag wrestlers. I think Santana has more upside than Ortiz. I think Santana, oh, if, yes, they were, if they were but... to get behind him, he could have made something. The problem is they fucking don't. They won't. And there's too many other people that need Too time. many other people is the problem. Why are you going to focus on him when there's like 10 people that don't appear on TV each week who should be on TV every week? Yeah. Well, what really they should do, you know, the irony of AEW's uh, having so many wrestlers on, under mm. uh, contract, they have these relationships with New Japan and DDT and Impact, although the Impact one, you know, potentially not 
going on anymore. Mm. But like some of these guys you have under contract, why not send them on excursion to some other companies yeah. or, or to Mexico, AAA or CMLL, and have them work there for four months, get a bit of buzz about them, and then they come back mm. and you, you know, like let's say um not someone established like an Eddie Kingston, but let's say an Andrade. Although mm-hmm. you, you, you might argue that he's also already established, but someone that you want to get a bit of buzz, send them over to New Japan, have a few cracking matches, um, and then they can come back and they have a little bit more cachet to their name. I mean, I don't get the point of Santana having a squash match on Rampage. That, to me, serves no purpose. And in fact, is almost antithetical to what you actually want to do in when you push somebody, which is not just have them constantly win squash matches. Mm. I mean, I don't know in 2023 that that is effective at all. It, no, it doesn't have any value anymore. I think particularly no. in an AEW audience that expects like really good matches. Well, well, when has this ever got anyone over? I can't, uh, could maybe Jade Cargill, but I feel like she was just as over at the start as she was after 20 squash matches. Oh, well, Jade yeah, Cargill was over because she was a muscular freak woman. Exactly. Not because, it not because she beat Kiara Hogan. Yeah, it was not the squash matches. Anyway, I don't, I don't expect much to to happen there. No. Um, Although, one effective match on Rampage was Julia Hart getting a win over Sky Blue. Yeah. And I, I'm going to say Julia Hart is is one to watch. I think she has something to her that mm-hmm. God love him, Mike Santana might not have. I think Julia mm-hmm. Hart is... Between this match and the one in Collision... It's the first time where I've seen a Julia Hart match and thought, there's something there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's something there. Can I, ju- I just been looking at Julia Hart's Wikipedia page. Right. Um, first of all, her name's, her real name's Julia Rose Johnson. So there we go. That's interesting. Not she's a two- No, not, and that's a fake, it's a worked name. Mm. Um, she's, but that's interesting because she's engaged to be married to Big Shotty at Lee Johnson. So I, I think they. The I think they got. No, I think they got married. I think that's where her name is. No, well, no, it's that's what I thought. But then it says here, uh, this I, I don't. This must be. Fake. I think I I'm saw that she it. got married in the week. It says here their marriage will officially take place on October the thirteenth, twenty twenty three. A nod to the Friday the thirteenth franchise, of which Hart and Johnsons are fans. Are fans. <laughs> well, I'm, I, I have the Wikipedia page. Oh, that's. A, Okay, they're a, they're a pair of idiots. So, but also, That's it does. It, it, no, no, it does have at the top of the article, Julia Rose Johnson, nay Hart, which means okay. Hart. Hart was her her okay. government name prior. I, I think the Johnson is from is from the the big oh, shot. I just saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Friday the Thirteenth franchise. Fucking hell. Also, two uh, two time national cheerleading champion. So. so. Yeah, but uh, she was the, the cheerleader. Pretty cool. Originally. Pretty cool. Um, yeah, she's looking good. She's looking good. I think I'd put the tight. Have a beat Statlander. Fuck it. Why not? <laughs> Why not? This, you're right. No, you're, I think you're right. But this is the thing: is AW love uh, unless someone gets a concussion in a match. They love a <laughs> long old tight reign. Yeah, which is fine if if you ha- like Orange Cassidy's one was great because he was having matches, really good matches. <laughs> If someone's just holding the title and with no real feuds and no real 
good matches, then... That's why I love Aussie Open why? to be FTR at the pay-per-view. Because FTR have just held mm-hmm. the titles forever. And, and what? A couple of good matches, but no real good feuds or... But, but the, the thing is, you know, with, with the world title, I appreciate having someone hold the world title for a while. But mm. your other your other um, divisions get a bit, a bit stagnant when there's no movement of the titles. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, yeah, Julia Hart, why not? Although may, maybe I would say give her, give her a, a little bit more, one or two more feuds before she would win the big one. Let's, let's, let's build okay. her up. We don't need to go to the end of the story right away. Although they seem to be already going in that direction, I would have I would have her have uh, have have a feud with Willow, which they're doing. Mm-hmm. They're going straight to the match on Dynamite. I probably would have stretched it out a little bit. Have her beat Willow, and then not wrestle Dream, but maybe the following pay per view you can do her and Statlander. I think that would be good. I think they probably mm-hmm. will do her and Statlander at Wrestle Dream, which seems a little bit rushed to me. But mm. uh, anything else in there? Oh. Um, we mentioned the acclaimed and the dark order, uh, and we had the the Statlander Orange Cassidy and Hook match, which was a little was fun, was a little pointless, and then Sting and Darby against Luchasaurus and Christian, which led us into Collision. Uh, yeah, do you want to do Collision now? Might as well get it out of the way. While we're on the topic, Collision was ooh, little very, chef's very kiss good. of a show. I thought very very um, good. Opened with the TNT title triple threat match. Uh, Christian Cage defending his title against Luchasaurus. You could argue the actual real champion. And Darby. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, let me tell you, bro, this was storytelling. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, very, very good match. Luchasaurus and getting to touch the title for the first time. Luchasaurus doing, and then doing the dinosaur. Uh, uh, like yeah, a dog. Yeah, Veloc- Velociraptor from yeah. Jurassic Park, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, that was good. That was a little, little nod. And then Christian pins him yes. out of nowhere to win the title. So I, so like, this. I like this as a development because oh, well, I great. think... They, 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 yeah, they kind of run the course of Christian pretending to be the champion. Now it's like, oh no, now I am the champion, ha yeah. ha ha, you know, kind of thing. So, and yeah. I beat, I beat my associate who was the champion, but who never got to hold the title until this match. And then he might have had a little change of heart, but now Christian pinned him. Oh, a lot of little, a lot of little movements there, a lot of little breadcrumbs. Mm. That's what I like. That's why I like a little bit of. Uh, a bit of storytelling in the match as opposed to through promos before or after. Um, Luchasaurus looked a little bit upset. Uh, he had Christian up on his shoulders. I said, don't you drop him. Don't you drop him. He didn't, but he looked like he, he was considering mm-hmm. it. Uh, Christian gave him a big hug, big jump up and down hug, which is very funny as well. <laughs> but uh, Christian is now officially the TNT champion. Yeah, very good. And long may he reign. He said, I'm finished with Darby Allen now. We're not doing any more Darby Allen stuff. And Tony <laughs> Schweiss said, well, actually you are at Wrestle Dream, as if that card wasn't stacked enough. Oh, uh, no. Christian against Darby in a two out of three falls match. Oh, yes, please. Yes, please. Yes, please. Uh, very excited for that one, for that one to continue. I think Darby would win with it being in Seattle, but... I don't know, I kind of want to see Christian 
Hold on to it for <laughs> the rest of the rest of the year. <laughs> it's just like no. Good. I I I think you can have Derby win it, and Christian and Luchasaurus have their their little tiff and have a month where they feud mm-hmm. maybe. But then the question becomes: You know, once Luchasaurus is split from Christian, what what do you do with Luchasaurus? I think he's uh, rampage. Ring of Honor. <laughs> Wrestle Mike Santana on Rampage. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Hook and RVD defeated 2.0. This is good. This is fun. No. Crowd into it as much. well. Yeah, crowd um, into RVD. I kind of wish they would do something more with the JAS offshoots. It seems like they just continued. Yeah being the same characters albeit without being aligned with Chris Jericho and I, I was hoping there would be a little bit more change in their personalities yeah I'd, I, I'd like to see Menard and Parker on their own just as a, as a tag team I think they could build yeah. them up um, and I, well Hager Hager about Hager put him with someone else as a heavy Do have him do what he did with Jericho but just with someone else like, well I don't See a problem with that. Uh, maybe Christian gets him in as his new heavy when Luchasaurus turns on him. Maybe like, remember, hey, 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 Swagger. <laughs> remember when we were feuding for the ECW title? Look at all this. Thirteen years ago. Um, yeah, <laughs> something like that. And then, uh, yeah, it's a bit sad the, the four of them just sort of doing the JAS thing. Uh, but much was fine. I quite like RVD coming in for these occasional. Um, Cameos. Uh, I'd like to see Hook retire RVD. That's my that's my fantasy booking. Somewhere down the line, if RVD does retire, have it be Hook. Um, yeah. So that was uh, what else do we have? Dark Order are, are still doing these these ads. They're kind of going back to the old Dark Order recruitment thing. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest. I just I don't care for this. Yeah, I just I just look out a window when they come. I up. just I just sort of stare at a wall. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I don't care for that uh, whatsoever. Julie Hart beat Kira Hogan. This was a bit of a bit of a squash, but yeah, fine. Yeah, Julie Hart. Julie Hart on TV, and then they Brody King issued the challenge to Chris Statlander for a match. Uh, so it's pretty cool. That'll be a, a Wrestle Dream. Mm. Uh, what came up next? Da, 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 da. J- ah, yes, Jay White versus Andrade El Idolo. That's bloody good. This was a very fun little match. Um, yeah, that's probably Andrade lost. Um, wasn't too sure which way this would go, actually, um, which is nice. Yes. Nice match where you're a bit in doubt. Um, I thought a very good match, and I think, yeah, I'd like to see, like to see a bit more of this. Yeah, I think Andrade needs to get some some backup. Yeah. Get, get Roosh and the boys in, maybe. Get Charlotte in. Well, let's not go crazy. Get um, Rick in. Get the Nate in. <laughs> Woo! Imagine, oh, yeah. The ass boys and the ass geriatric. <laughs> <laughs> Granddaddy ass. Granddaddy yeah. ass. Uh, um, uh, yeah, because we're getting Andrade against Juice next week on Collision. That's going to be good. But, yeah. I mean, we've seen that 
what happened here is the the numbers game was too much for Andrade. Maybe he needs some backup. I, I wonder because mm. we didn't get an update this week on the Roosh Drillistico Preston Vance. We'd seen nah. vignettes the last few weeks. We didn't get anything on them this week. I would love to see Roosh back with Andrade I'm, without the old Matt Hardy anchor oh, around their yeah. around their feet. You know. Yeah. No contract owning ownership. Just just a faction. I would, a faction of of uh, luchadors and press advance who aren't like high flyers and who aren't like don't come out on lawn mowers, but who are just like ass kickers. That'd be mm. pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. That'd be absolutely. Uh, match was match was really great. I mean, when Andrade is on, he's he's so good. And Jay White. Mm. I mean, we, we've come around on Jay White. It's fair to say. Um and, and and the gang, the bang bang gang. Uh Juice Robinson's antics were very funny throughout as well. Lots of gyrating and throwing his hands in the air. Mm-hmm. Um then we had FTR and the work horseman. This is alright. It was just a, I don't, I don't. just a match. JD Drake did a big a big a big moonsault, but that was alright, but JD Drake and his gear, all I could think of was like Bastion Booger. Yeah, they're just it's not it shouldn't be on TV. It wasn't flattering. He's he's perfectly good and, and especially he's, for his size, I think he's very good. But he doesn't dress to accentuate uh, a look of a tough brawler based on his athleticism he's clearly mm. he's clearly able to move around the ring and all that but I don't know I didn't I didn't see you know even the way Samoa Joe presents himself with the, yeah. the Muay Thai shorts you think, mm. okay, this guy who's a, a fighter in the, the wrist tape I don't know I, I, I would present JD Drake differently I yeah in as much as I present him on Ring of Honor uh, and that would be it. Um, so then Aussie Open, well, they didn't really challenge. They'd already set up the match for Wrestle Dream, but they had a little confrontation where uh, Aussie Open uh, were about two foot taller, I say, than FTR. They're big boys. They're I big boys. I, didn't, I don't think FTR are that small. I just always forget Aussie how big Aussie Open are. They're both yeah. like, they must be both like 6'4", six, 6'3", four, or 6'3", six, 6'4", three, six, six, three, six, something four, like that. Yeah. yeah, Both huge. Um so I'm looking looking forward to that match. I saw that, of course, this time last year at Crystal Palace. Yes. And it was a banger. So let's get the rematch going. Um, let, let's put the belts on Aussie Open. Why let's not? do that. The hot and flexible artist formerly known as Lana was backstage. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was a very smack, like old SmackDown <laughs> segment uh, with her being interviewed. That said, I don't mind it too much. I, I imagine a lot of people really don't want to see her in, in AEW. Well, there might be a because she's you know it's very WWE it's very kind of like sports entertainment that's, that was my that's my impression okay maybe I'm I wrong mean- but I, I I don't mind it I I like the idea of her managing other people as a way almost to like wind him up is, is the impression yeah. I'm getting so him him just beating up a shitload of people to kind of get get back at her is, is cool cool with me Give her a chance. Uh, I think she's yeah, she's fine. Now she's not doing the silly Rus- silly Russian accent. I think she's um yeah, what better? Main event match: Brian Danielson <laughs> defeated Ricky Starks. 
uh, in, a, in a brutal Texas death match. Uh, I didn't like it as much as a strap match, but it no, was it was good. It was very, it was, it was very good. It was very good. The strap match was superior. Uh, this was still very, very good. Very good main events. Fair. These guys got great chemistry. Danielson yeah. with maybe the first ever recorded uh, wrapped the chain around his leg and it worked. Yeah. <laughs> um, spot. Um, yeah. No, I thought it was very, very good. The, uh, AW uh, director uh, really wanted to get that shot of Danielson uh, blading. Uh, <laughs> he said, no, hold on it. Hold on it. Hold. Hold. And now we move. Because they just, they just lingered on. Yeah. On that. Um, yeah, no, I thought it was, I thought it was very, very, very good brawl. Uh, one thing I hate in a last man standing match is when someone gets beaten by virtue of the other person outsmarting them by tying mm. them to something or putting them underneath something. Here he's just knee in the face with a chain, did the job. Love it. Yeah, yeah, that's what these nice. matches ought to be. Nice, good old, good old brawl, good old fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was AEW TV for the week. Um, yeah, a lot of, lot of good, a lot of good stuff. We won't, we won't go through Wrestle Dream cards in its entirety because we can do that next week. But I have to say, looking pretty Ooh, bloody good, phenomenal. My looking, word. Oh, I mean, if they add anything else to this, it's going to be a, whew, it's going to be a hell of a hell of a pay per view. It's already looking. Where's my very wallet? Good. Let me get it out now. Um, I'm certainly looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, what else did we have this week? In other news, WWE finally, after the first time in a long time, made some releases this week. Yeah, with the with the merger. Following the merger, a bit of a stock price drop because they announced. Well, they announced a, a forty percent increase in the SmackDown uh, viewership rights, and that's going to be going to USA from yeah. Fox. Um. So a big, a big increase, but apparently the market was expecting an even bigger increase. I think when they last renewed the deal, it increased by like threefold. It went from like 50 yeah. million to 200 million or something. It was huge. This time, not as much. Um, and so the stock price dropped. But anyway, quite a few releases and notable ones are probably Matt Riddle, who probably less of an economic release and more of a uh, get this Egypt away from our company. Yeah, that might have been a HR request yeah or dana white request um that's something that actually occurred to me <laughs> in the week was well ufc and WWE are now under the same banner yeah dana white famously did not get on with matt riddle mm. i'm sure he's got no input in the wwe uh running of things but riddle just seemed to from from you know from what we hear through the the dirty sheets seemed to have been a massive pain in the hole for everybody yeah. in wwe Yep. And it seems like they couldn't wait to get rid of him. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's a shame. And I think they, if you think back to how they recruited him, having him work in Evolve before he kind of eventually came to WWE, it was very much like it was going to be a problem from the beginning because they didn't just sign him. It was an issue. It's a shame. He was very, very charismatic. And he, you know, before he joined WWE, he had these phenomenal matches on the Indies yeah. and in NXT. But, um, He's gone, and I don't think it'll be showing up in AEW. I just no. I saw someone saying that that's probably where he'll end up. I was thinking, 
you know, seems very similar to what we were saying about the CM Punk situation. Mm. It's like, okay, you can hire someone for their their name value or their the quality of their matches, but if they're if they're going to be a huge mm. pain to manage, I mean, AW's had enough of that recently. Are they really going to go through that to bring him in? I would say they probably won't. Not, not worth it. Uh, and speaking of <laughs> other potential, possibly not hires, Dolph Ziggler finally released from WWE. I, I think he probably will show up. Why? <laughs> Why? I think was, if it was a one-off or like a limited appearance, yeah, but you're not going to bring him in full. T- like he hasn't done it. When was the last time he really? Oh, I agree. I, 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 I think he will. I think he will. He's part of that. His brother, that his brother's in the in the company. In the in the click. Uh, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The click. He could. He'll probably end up making an appearance, but I, I just feel he's he's also someone who's going to add a lot. Um, and then there were a lot of other releases of people who, to be honest, I've not really heard of. Uh, you could have made up the names, and I would have believed you. A lot of people from NXT or kind of lower card main roster people. Top dollar. Is that a, what's that? <laughs> He's the fellow <laughs> who fell over the rope that one time. Oh, trying right. to do, do a trophy. It is funny because I haven't watched, literally it's been now seven years since I watched any WWE television. I watched a few of the pay-per-views over the few years, but there it's gone to the point where there's probably at least half the roster that I, I don't, I wouldn't recognize. That'd be a good quiz. Real wrestler or I, made up? I that would be tricky. Um, yeah. yeah, Cody Rhodes is a real made up. Um, so that is the wrestling for the week. Paul, what have you been up to outside of that? Watching a lot of sport uh, of the mm. non-scripted variety. I've been watching some of the Rugby World Cup. Oh yeah, there was a phenomenal game yesterday between mm. Ireland and South Africa uh, which was on at the same time as the Manchester United Burnley game Ooh. which unfortunately Manchester United Burnley had to be recorded and watched afterwards and let me tell you it was certainly the less exciting of the two events <laughs> the, uh, the rugby game was top top entertainment really really great stuff um, the rugby world cup is a funny one because you know we, we obviously have the football world cup and football is this game that's very popular in countries all over the world, very mm. developed. Rugby is played to high level in about nine countries. And so you have the World Cup, which has not 32 teams, but only 20. Uh, only eight or nine of which are any good. So in the mm. group stages, we've had uh, probably nine out of 10 games are one-sided rampage style squash matches. Uh, France beat Namibia the other day uh, 96-0, which is a hell of a score in any sport. Never mind at the World Cup. Uh, uh, Yeah, 96-0. They scored 14 tries, so it would be the equivalent of a a 14-0. Cricket or 10-pin bowling. That's the kind of score you'd get. Not really rugby. Um, So that's the thing, is is most of the games at this stage are one-sided drubbings, and then every now and then you'll get two teams like Ireland, South Africa or France, New Zealand was the first game where you get a a semi-competitive game. The Irish game was very, very competitive. It was really, really good. But most games are just... Like, you wonder what's... 
you know, what's even the point of playing them out? Like France, I think we're winning 56 nil at halftime. If you're in Namibia, do you not just go, we forfeit? <laughs> we're mm. losing 56 nil at halftime. Let's just knock it on the head. Um, but it has been very good. Uh, watched a lot of the football over the weekend. United um, obviously got the win, which was which was great. Johnny Evans played the game of his life. Uh, the fact that he was on the pitch at all is a massive problem, but I was happy to see him do well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Amrabat made his debut as well, which is nice. Um, mm. uh, Chelsea continue to be the top team worse than United somehow. Oh, uh, this is great. another defeat. Grace. It's very monkey's, I, monkey's poor. I know, didn't think that Pochettino was necessarily immediately going to come in and turn them into Man City, but I expected he was going to do far better than he has. Um, mm. One win out of six is 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 weirdly bad for... It's, it's, yeah. And I, I know that their squad is it makes no sense. They've just signed a load of players for... Uh, outrageous amount of money with really no strategy to it but I thought Pochettino would be good enough to, to come in and identify a team and get some results out but losing 1-0 at home today to Villa wasn't meant to be yeah. and you look at the teams they're putting out it's like where'd all the money go it, they haven't signed any big names they've signed young studs yeah but, but- are any of them any good? Is, is more of the they, question. They spent over a hundred. Like, you remember when United signed Anthony Martial for a yeah. lot of money, and it was like, well, it was a lot of money, but if he's the, next, the potential, he yeah. could be the next Mbappe. Yeah. But I think like that's what Chelsea have done, but about twelve times they've signed yeah. twelve Martials, and I'm sure a few of them will turn out to be, you know, really, really good, good players. But right now, you know, it's going to be going to be a while. Yeah, uh, and then um, the match of the weekend, Arsenal Spurs today was very entertaining. Uh, very much enjoyed that, and uh, and Newcastle came very close to another nine nil, but not quite. They they only managed the eight against Sheffield United with eight different scores, which is the first time that's ever happened in the Premier League. Mm. Uh, which was f- also a fun game. I was kind of hoping we. You know, whenever a team gets close, you see the score six nil, seven nil. You start thinking, "Oh, are we going to get one here?" But uh, wasn't to be. Um, I also have a review. Oh yeah, of a drink because we are influencers, we are content creators, and so you know, content creators got to support content creators. So I got myself. A bottle oh, oh. of what? Why? <laughs> well, Joe, what 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 am I reviewing today? What, what? Prime. <laughs> Just the the disappointment in Joe's voice as what, he says. What flavor is it? It's lemon lemon lime flavored. Not not lemon and lime. Just lemon lime. That's how they say it in America. And then lemon flavor lime. flavor is in tiny writing underneath. Oh, it's, so it's in, lemon lime flavor because it's not it's really in, lemon lime. It's in British spelling at least. That's good. It is. Got a U. Uh, prime Hydration. They had it in Aldi. First time I've ever seen them in real life. And I said, why not? Let's, let's see what all the hype is about. It's got... Uh, 
electrolytes in it. I don't really know what that means. It's made with 10.5% coconut water. Uh, and one thing I didn't realize, I probably should have, is that it's not a fizzy drink. It's flat. Mm. It's well, fi- yeah, like Gatorade. Americans, they like exactly. flat. It, it's not a flat me. drink. Um, here's my review. Uh, it took me six hours to drink because it's <laughs> so sweet that I couldn't... You know, it's a hydration yeah. drink. So in my head, a hydration drink is... A guy gets off the treadmill after 45 minutes and you glug in your sip. Glug, big old glug, right? Yeah, yeah, I was doing little little sippies because it's so sweet. Like, it, I, I thought because it was like a coconut water drink, it was going to be kind of have a have a, a light flavor to it, but be like a water drink with, you know, you get like a flavored water, but like a mild flavor. And mm. you drink that and you, you get the mild, the mild lemon taste. And then you get an explosion of hyper sweetness, uh, which not unpleasant, but made it very difficult to drink more than probably half a teaspoon worth at a time. So it lasted very long. So I'll give give them that as a kind of positive. But um, what's the volume? What's the uh, five hundred milliliters? So it would be the same as a bottle of typical bottle, Coke or Pepsi. It doesn't look very big. Maybe you've got bigger hands. I don't no, remember. it's 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 a it's girthy sort of bottle, but it's short. Fat bottle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fat yeah. bottle. Um, fat bottled girls make the world. Yeah, I mean the funny much. thing is, it's fine. Mm. Now it does cost three euros, so it does cost about how much? Three Europeans, whereas a bottle of Coke, in comparison, yeah, typically ca- cost you about two. So you're, you're, you're talking about 150% roughly the cost of a normal drink. So it's half again as much. Um, is it worth the extra cost? I would say it is not. And I would say that it, while not bad, it's it just kind of tastes like a, a flat 7-Up with a slightly sweeter flavor. Or it tastes like Kiora mm-hmm. that you haven't put quite enough water into it's right. that kind of that kind of taste. It was fine, it's fine. I mean, were it a, a product which was just produced by a drinks company not and not a, not a not a, a drink marketed with sniper like efficiency by mm. a couple of YouTubers, uh, I don't know. It would just be an unremarkable Gatorade style. Nobody yeah. would rave about it. I mean, people aren't raving about it because of the taste. It's because it's Logan Paul and it's KSI. And my God, let me get my hands on one. And then we drink one. You're like, oh, you know, it's oh, fine. <laughs> yeah. All right. I mean, if were I and were they the same price, even mm. eliminating the price point, if the option was a bottle of Prime or a bottle of Seven Up, I would probably just get the Seven Up. I think the Seven Up is a a nicer a nicer drink. Wow. Well, there, there you go. go. Let me settle that one. Um, I, will, I will move on to a bit of an update. Yeah. So yep. Friday night, very exciting. We went to a live podcast recording. Um, this live event, Guff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Michelle said, do you want to go to a live podcast recording? I said, listen, love, I do one every Sunday. Yeah, so I do. I got one um, yeah, have you ever been to a live podcast recording? Yeah, 626 of them, mate. So don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, so it was called, it's a podcast called Las Culturistas. 
Um, it's basically a couple of gay lads talking about like things you know, like you know, Taylor's pop stars and uh, RuPaul's Drag Race. They had on you'll know this person, Paul. They had okay. on um, Michelle Visage. I do know Michelle Visage, one of the judges on RuPaul's Drag Race. A judge on the RuPaul's Drag Race. Yes. Uh, very, funny, was, very funny lady. She, she was the guest. She was like the main okay. the main guest that they interviewed. So it was um I've never listened to it other than hearing Michelle kind of walk around the house, you know, listening to it. Um but I did really enjoy it. They both both guys were very funny. Mm-hmm. And of course they had her on. She had a very interesting life. She kind of um grew up in sort of or was a was a young woman in New York in like the kind of Madonna eighties. Yeah, she was in a dance. she was in a girl group. She was in a kind of group. She was in that whole scene, the Vogue scene, all of yeah. that kind of thing. So her 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 perspective was really kind of interesting. Now she spends a lot of time in the UK obviously doing the drag race stuff. Um so yeah she was really interesting. Um, they, they were very funny as well. They have these various kind of segments, <laughs> a bit like us. They have their own <laughs> hilarious segments that they do. Gay um, Garth. Gay Garth, all that sort of thing. There's yeah. one um, that's called Honey. I think it's like Honey, I don't think so. And they have to speak for yeah. 60 seconds on a kind of topic. That is, it's kind of like a 60-second rant about right. a given topic. Uh, and one of the guys did one. He, he took suggestions from the audience and he ended up doing one on Princess Di. So he was like, honey, I don't think so. Princess Di. And basically it was to roast her for 60 seconds. So it was, it was very funny. Um, I would say the downside of the evening was the, the venue. So the doors opened at seven, right? So we got there and it was, it was unassigned seating. So if you're not there quite early, you're not, you're going to have a shit seat, right? We got there at seven. The show started at quarter past nine, so we were sat in the venue for near enough two hours, and no support act or there was a there was a warm up. There was a kind of stand up. She was very funny. She did about twenty minutes, but she she came on at about eight. So she okay. came on at eight, did twenty minutes, and then there was another hour until the actual show started. But by the time they came on, it was like well, I've forgotten all of that now. That's just a... so that would be my only complaint. Um, it was a very interesting venue. So it's an old church. It's a church that's now converted into like an entertainment space, but they haven't like done anything to it. It still just looks like a church. You've got wooden pews with a little shelf that I presume that's where like the Bible goes or whatever. I don't know. I, I had me Diet Coke on there. Um, and it's got a big stained glass window and a, the altar thing or the no, the pulpit where the, your man stands and does, you know, talks about Jesus or whatever. I don't really know. I've never been. But it was... <laughs> It was the kind of interesting venue, but very uncomfortable seats because it's just these wooden wooden right. pews. You know, your, your, your bum going to sleep. Bring your own cushion. Mm, mm. So I would say I, I five out of ten for the for the venue and then the the setup, but the actual show was was very entertaining. It's uh, so weird because with a, with a concert, you understand that between acts, they have, maybe they have to t- reset the uh, mm. microphones and the equipment and take the support bands. Yeah. Uh, drum kit and and stuff away when it's a show like that you would imagine that it should be fairly seamless and quick to move from one act to the other so what's with yeah. the hour wait i don't know what the waiting was about but i would have had like all right let me get there at eight open at eight and then yeah. do it at nine fine perfect but anyway uh it was very good and then today uh very exciting developments so we've had the cat for about a month now Mm-hmm. And she has been using a litter tray this whole time. 
Uh, we got obviously a bit fed up of uh, the house smelling of shit um, every time she, she uses it. So we finally decided today, right, we're going to get her going outside. Uh, let's 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 make some progress with this. So I went out into the garden and I dug a couple of holes in different places and I filled the holes with like used litter from the tray. So she would kind of go, Ooh, hang on, this is supposed to be pissing here. Uh, put that there, picked the cat up, took her over to one of the holes, put her down. She had a little sniff. She immediately started digging like they do, dig, 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 dig. And then she proceeded to do the biggest shit I've ever seen. It was absolutely <laughs> perfect. I was like, I cannot believe this is textbook. This has gone so well. She just shat in the hole, like, first time of asking. She was like, like she'd been storing it up, like, yeah. when are you going to fucking dig me a hole? Because I don't want to throw shit outside. Yeah. Um, so it's perfect. And now we've put the we've put the litter tray outside in, like, a sort of little porch that we've got. So if she does need it, it's there. But I think hopefully she's now going to be going outside, which is a great relief. I don't have to clean out the litter tray anymore and uh, hoover up every time she gets in it and goes and kicks it across the uh, entire house. So that's a very, that's a very, um, very, very good uh, progression. I thought the cats just went to litter trays. I didn't understand that you could train them to shit outside. Yeah, if they're an outdoor cat, they will just go out and dig dig a bit of soil or dig on, mm-hmm. yeah, find somewhere to go. Usually, our cats, when I was a kid, they used to go in the neighbor's garden. So that was, that was good. <laughs> Trained well. Uh, yeah, they kind of knew not to do it in their patch. It was like, do it away from the house. So, yeah. Sure I am just thinking, though, now, though, uh, that Natty's family had a cat and they did not have a litter tray, something I never mm. even occurred to me until today. So, yeah. You're yeah, right. Yeah. Okie doke. That's life. Uh, Have we got some questions? That's life. That's what all the people say. We do. We uh, just a quick one since only the two of us. Mm. We're going to do a wrestler twenty questions. Bring back the classic. Let's do it. I've pre-selected a wrestler. Uh, Mm -hmm. I used I used a wrestling generator uh, online to pick. So there's no there's no meta or there's no. Uh, biased to my selection. It was a mm-hmm. randomly selected uh, wrestler from a pool. So you, these websites, you can generate 10 wrestlers, and I just picked one of them that might not be the easiest one. You know, we're worried. MJF, you'll probably get that pretty quickly. Gotcha. Okay, so you've got 20 questions. Uh, let the questioning begin. Okay. Um, is this person an active wrestler? No, they are not an active wrestler. Oh, they're retired. Okay. Um, did this person ever wrestle for AEW? No. Okay, not AEW. Did this person ever wrestle for World Wrestling Entertainment? Yes. Okay. Did this person ever hold a championship in World Wrestling Entertainment? Yes. Okay, championship in WWE. Um... What's this person ever a WWE world champion? No. As, no world championships. Okay. No world champion. Even even were you to clarify what that means? Even the oh, The answer yeah. is no. Gotcha. Um That's five. Was this person ever a tag team champion? Yes. Uh, okay. Tag team champion in WWE and they're retired. Um, did this person 
wrestle in the last or say have they been active since 2010 it, like in WWE you know what I mean have they been active in WWE oh, no, sorry, just just generally have they been active as a wrestler in the last 13 years they have wrestled since 2010 okay uh, they have since 2010 um Who's retired? No one ever retires anymore. They all just seem to keep wrestling. Um, okay. It's not Kane. It's not the big show. It's not. Big show's just an AW. Um, who has retired from WWE? Uh, they were a tag team champion. Retired. Is this. Did this person debut prior to 2000? Yes. Okay. Um, did they debut prior to 1990? Yes. Um, God, who did it be? Um, a tag champ who debuted prior to 1990... They have had some matches in the 2010s. Uh, uh, Let's Is this person white? Yes. That's okay. 10. Shit, is that 10? Um, That's 10. White doesn't really narrow it down. Um... Debut prior to 1990, they were a tag champion. WWE, they've never held the world championship. They are currently retired. Um, have they ever wrestled at a WrestleMania? Uh, I can check that. I would think the answer would be yes. Uh, yes. Did they wrestle at a WrestleMania in the 90s? Okay, hang on. Wait, 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 wait. Let me just clarify. Let me just clarify. Uh, no, actually, let me, let me clarify. I think they did not wrestle at WrestleMania. Oh, okay. Sorry. I did a I did a mm. Control F WrestleMania on their Wikipedia, but um, I think they did not actually appear on the shows. No, I'm not seeing their name here. So someone who never wrestled at WrestleMania. Did this person wrestle for WCW at any point? Um, no. <sighs> did they wrestle for ECW at any point? Yes. Okay, here we go. Is that thir- 13 now, I think? I think that's 13, yeah. I lost count when I was looking at the rest of Yeah. Uh, so someone who wrestled for ECW, was a tag team champion, debuted prior to 1990. Um, the only person that springs to mind is like... Let me make a list. Like, could be one of the Dudleys, maybe? 
Or would it be Bubba Ray? No, because they wrestled at WrestleMania. Um, Spike Dudley didn't. Uh, ECW. Who else from ECW is? Someone who wrestled for ECW and they were a tag champion in WWE, but never wrestled at a WrestleMania. Um, okay, it can't be Raven. Tommy Dreamer. Could it be Tommy? I don't think he wrestled at WrestleMania. Could it be the Dream? Extreme Dream. Um, can be Sandman. Was this person ever an ECW World Champion? No. Oh, could be. I'm sure he was a WrestleMania. Um, did this person ever wrestle in TNA? No, that's 15. Oh, fuck, okay, so it's not Dreamer or Rhino. Um, probably not Spike Dudley either. I think he was in TNA once. Um,. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I have another I have another clarification to make, albeit a very little one. Okay. Uh wrestled for WCW, yes. Okay. But no. Briefly. No, that's significant. Run. Um Fuck ECW. Oh, so WWE. I debuted in the eighth in the pre nineties as well. Fuck it, This is gonna be someone who's now like. Uh... Oh, is it? Has this person ever wrestled John Cena? Ooh, I I would think that the answer would be no, but I would need to just check that. Um, no, I'm not seeing anything here that he wrestled okay. John Cena. Not Sabu. Um... Uh, 16 I think Joe I'm really uh, a bit of a loss because I can't think of any they were never in ECW I think I asked that they never held a title in ECW they were in ECW they did not hold uh, the world title in ECW not the world title in ECW so who oh could be oh could be is this person American yes so it's not Lance Storm 
Is it? I think. What have I got? Two left. Yeah. Two questions, then I guess. No, but he was ECW champion. Fuck. Yeah. Uh, shit. Um. Uh, really. I don't think I've got any guesses. I'm just gonna go. Just incredible. Which I know is wrong. It's not just incredible, Joe. I'm afraid. I think you you were leaning too much in the ECW. Uh, you wouldn't know this person from having been in ECW. They were, but not, okay. not primarily. Debuted in uh, 1983 and yeah. wrestled uh, in WWF from the uh, the late 80s to the mid 90s, primarily in their tag team division. Uh, did, did not wrestle at WrestleMania because although scheduled to have wrestled at WrestleMania, he was often pulled at the last minute due to various legal issues that he was facing at the time. Uh, he was fired from WWE three times uh, and had brief forays into WCW, WCW and ECW, held the tag team titles in the year... Uh, when was that? It would have been probably the the mid nineties with the one two three kid, and he was also a one time intercontinental champion. Is it Bob Holly? It's not Bob Marty Holly. Gen- Marty Janetti. It's Marty Janetti. Oh, the correct answer. Hey, uh, hang on, he was at WrestleMania. Not the uh, singles. He- That's the part of the Rockers. Uh, no, I mean, here it, ha- it has that he was scheduled at WrestleMania uh, 8, 9, and 10, and that he was pulled from every one of them. I, I didn't see any mention of WrestleMania here elsewhere. Uh, On his Wikipedia page, at least. Um, well, I probably wouldn't have got it even. He was supposed to have a one-on-one match between Michaels and Janetti at WrestleMania 8. Didn't happen. Uh, and then at WrestleMania 9, also didn't happen because <laughs> he was released. WrestleMania 10, then he was released. <laughs> so I couldn't find any record of that, at least, even uh, had it happened. So were you able to clarify if he appeared on a WrestleMania? The, the Rockers were definitely on, I think, WrestleMania 5. But he doesn't mention it on his Wikipedia page, which... Uh... It does not. That's that's where I was potentially tricked. Let's have a look. WrestleMania 5. Uh... You're right, the Rockers. There you go, WrestleMania 5. Why is that on his Wikipedia page? I can't be held responsible. <sighs> You're right, though. Yeah, they were uh, defeated by the Twin Towers. Yeah, I think s- 7 as well. Okay, don't rub it in that I was wrong. Uh, it's Wikipedia's fault. My apologies. Very, yeah, very incomprehensible. <laughs> Um, that was a tough one. I was thinking, yeah, I went down the ECW route, but I didn't know he was in for an ECW. Yeah. Okay. Well, what we've learned today is that uh, Wikipedia is not a good source for doing wrestler 20 questions if you want accuracy in your answers. No, chat, chat GPT, I'm sure. That would definitely have the right. <laughs> Did my Genetti ever wrestle at WrestleMania? Yes, Marty Genetti um, actually main evented WrestleMania 10. Against uh, Kenny Omega. Against Quang and Kenny Omega in a three-way match. Quang. Um, okay, so let's move. We've got a few reviews. We don't have too many reviews this week. Uh, we're nearly uh, going a bit long on the old wrestling. But we have a couple of movies. 
Yes. Oh, you've seen a movie called Swiss Army Man. Have you what seen this that? one? I have no. not. Wait, I have heard of it, but I do not know what it's about. What so Swiss Army it? Man is directed by the Daniels, mm. who directed Everything Everywhere All at Once. It was the prior movie that they had made. Stars Paul Dano and your man off Harry Potter. What's his name? Daniel Radcliffe. Daniel Radcliffe. Uh, and so it is a quirky, you'll be surprised to hear, oh, yeah. uh, a quirky old tale. Uh, Paul Dano plays a man stranded on a desert island and a body washes up right as he's about to off himself. Uh, right. A body shows up, Daniel Radcliffe's body, in fact. And uh, he goes down to inspect it, and it, ooh, it starts doing a big old fart. <laughs> uh, but a, a fart strong enough for him to uh, ride Daniel Radcliffe's body across the ocean to a an adjacent bigger island. Um, and there's a lot of uh, bodily function humor to this story, but essentially mm. Daniel Radcliffe's body although he's passed away the body becomes uh somewhat personified and interacts with uh paul dano you can read into it whether it's him going crazy or whether the body is actually right. coming to life right. and uh they go they go through a, a a friendship and um and eventually can paul dano and his new friend maybe make it back to civilization um the story is entirely uh an allegory for depression and and isolation told in this quirky funny way um i thought it was just about decent Mm -hmm. um i think the the allegory is pretty obvious and is worn on its sleeve with uh not a lot of subtlety um, right. There's elements of it that I did like and elements of, of it that I thought worked. But there is only so much that I could take of uh, we're telling a, a deeply emotional and moving story about a man's uh, self-imposed uh, isolation. To extent. But also, it's a funny fart noise. And oh, look, he got a boner. And uh, <laughs> for some, I'm sure that that juxtaposition worked and, and certainly it's a unique and different movie to anything else I'd seen but I just thought uh, I just thought that that was too uh, too bad a mix for me I mean you two ingredients which maybe in isolation would work kind of uh, yeah. a, a personal emotional story and some kind of gross out body humor that you might see in a I don't know American Pie movie now those two ingredients mixed together, that's a cake that I I wasn't really crazy yeah. about. I'm sure some yeah. people, some people would would like it more than I, but I thought it was decent. I thought it was a little bit a little bit slow in the middle, a little bit baggy, and it's not a particularly long movie. But it, mm. I don't know. It, maybe there's just not enough uh, material in there to justify 
even I don't know maybe maybe it would have worked better as a short or something but right. uh, I thought it was a little too silly a little too wacky the performances of course are, are good in it but I also thought it was a little bit predictable where it went story wise um, yeah, it was okay it was okay not one that I would give a, a strong recommendation to maybe more thumb in the middle but it was alright a uh, little too silly uh, yeah I don't think I'll be uh checking that one out to did you like everything everywhere all at once uh, yeah I quite liked it um, I not, think that's better it's a better movie than Swiss Army Man was not like you know best picture good but you know no well <laughs> yeah. but I did like it um, okay well yeah if you've got nothing better to watch and you like farting corpses check that one out yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I ventured out or Michelle and I ventured out to the cinema on Thursday night to see a new um, I was going to say Korean movie, but it's kind of a Korean American uh, movie called Past Lives. Mm. And so this is the uh, debut um, film from Celine Song, who I believe is better known as a kind of playwright, all of her, her experiences as a, as a playwright. It's her mm. first feature film. She's written and directed. Um, so it's about a kind of two. I won't get too into the story because I don't want to spoil all of it, but it's kind of two Korean uh, high schoolers who are kind of separated. They have a bit of a high school crush romance type situation. Right. And then uh, the girl uh, who becomes adopts the anglicized name of Nora uh, moves to Canada with her family and they're kind of split up. And then it, it leaps forward um, quite far in time. Um, and tells us where these people end up in the future and kind of follows their relationships or throughout over the course of about 20, 25 years. Um, so it's, it's, it's ostensibly a kind of, uh, romantic, only comedy, romantic drama. Um, but it's very thoughtfully shot and it's very, um, them, I'd say thematically rich. It doesn't Ooh, make me sound too, too poncy. <laughs> As in, you know, it's, it's very much about stuff. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's clearly written by a playwright because it's actually about, it's not just peep farting bot corpses. It's, you know, okay. something's actually kind of, you know, happening. And it's, it's sort of about the choices we make and, you know, why we make them and the relationships we have and why they do or don't work and what does that mean. Uh, and there's a, this whole kind of theme around, like, the, as the title would suggest, past lives and whether we sort of know people in those lives and does that influence who we kind of meet and interact with in in um, yeah, in subsequent kind of reincarnations. Mm. So I, th- I thought it was very, very, very enjoyable film. I think it really kicks into gear probably sort of in the some point in the second act. Before that, it's a lot of build-up. Then it really kind of gets going into the the kind of emotional stakes for the final the final act. Um oh. Yeah, it was uh, definitely, definitely, definitely one to check out. I would 100% give it a recommendation. Um, one that kind of makes you think back across your own kind of life and relationships you've had and moments of almost like that kind of decision tree where, oh, if I'd done this, you know, yeah, my yeah. life would have gone in this direction or if I'd done this, you know. But obviously, and then the kind of regret or the the pain that you can't live out all of those different journeys, you can only go through one um, so it kind of gets right. into a lot of that. Um, but yeah, very, very enjoyable film. So I would absolutely recommend Past Lives from uh, Celine Song. I've heard good stuff about... I must check it out. Very, very good. 
Uh, so that's that's all I've kind of really got. You got a bit of TV for us. TV, I've got a little bit of TV. I, I finished that season of Taskmaster. I was watching. Um, mm. Going to take a break from it now. Okay. I think Taskmaster is a really, really fun show to binge, mm. uh, but to to a limit because I, I fear that otherwise I'll get tired of it. So I like to watch maybe two seasons at a time. So I just finished season seven. I think season sixteen is what's airing currently. So I'm not watching it, but I'll I'll watch something else for a while now, and then mm-hmm. when I'm done with that, I might put Taskmaster back into the rotation. Uh, start season eight, but yeah, really really fun show. Probably my favorite of those celebrity game show, quiz show, whatever you want to call it has ever come along i think it's mm. it's such a creative idea there's limitless things you can do with it you know the challenges are really fun from their simplicity to the more complicated ones i mean it's the kind of show you go oh, i wish i could be on that and here's while you're watching you're constantly thinking what i would do is and i'd be trying to beat the taskmaster but it's very very good um it's on the uh, channel four app as well so mm. i get a lot of that um core's light channel comedy on channel four little jingles <laughs> burned into my my brain at this point but uh yeah two thumbs up for taskmaster um uh, seems looking forward that the uh the people they get on it are i don't want to say less and less good but certainly there's fewer and fewer names that i recognize on there but maybe some funny mm. people that i just don't know yet but uh yeah, last season was was very good. I've also started watching Scrubs again from season seven nice. uh, because I'm, of course, still listening to the Watch Along podcast. I let that build up and build up and build up a while. Uh, it's not something that I do, you know, weekly as it comes out. I like to let it build up and then watch a season of it. Pretty much I'm watching one a day, going out for a walk, listening to it, and then... Mm come back and watch the next episode and the next day I'll go for a walk and listen to the podcast um, season 7 is is only a short season anyway it's only 11 episodes 20 minutes each uh, because this was the you might recall original writer's strike of uh, yes. 2007 I want to say it was Whatever. Um, so it's a truncated season um, and now where the podcast is has stopped midway through season eight because of the current writer's strike. So that's a funny little coincidence. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's still, a, still a, obviously a very funny sitcom. I think uh, after this watch through, I'll probably never revisit it again. I think I've probably gone to the scrubs well enough. I'd rather watch something for the first time, like a, like a Frasier maybe, or mm. who knows. But um Definitely a very funny... One thing I like about Scrubs is kind of the more surrealist humor, uh, which I think works. And it's, it's got definitely a kind of improv feel to it sometimes. Neil Flynn, who plays the janitor on it, is a big improv comedian. He's one of the funnier people mm. on it. But he's got a great cast. John C. McGinley as well as Dr. Cox, who was uh, quite a serious actor man for movies like you know Platoon. And stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. He pops up in a few films, doesn't he? Yeah, he pops up in a few, a few series. He's in JFK. JFK well, I think. As well, yeah. yeah. Office Space, of course. He's a bit yeah. more comedian than that. But um, really good cast. The only, ironically, the, the weakest actor 
in Scrubs, I think, is Zach Braff himself. But everyone <laughs> yeah. else is fantastic. I mean, he's, he's good for the role, but everyone else is really funny, and he's... Mm. He's all right. <laughs> um, so that's what I've been watching. I've also been playing some video games, or one oh. specifically. So I've been watching our friend Barry play on his Twitch Mario Galaxy. Uh, nice. Following on from his Mario Sunshine streams of the COVID era, which I said Ooh. to him, and I'll say it again because it's absolutely true. His Mario Sunshine streams were probably my favorite thing that I watched during lockdown. Okay. Uh, really, really fantastic. Uh, him failing and failing and failing at some of those I'm getting very annoyed and sort of sort well, of blaming the game yeah is fun. and to be fair Mario Sunshine is to blame for a lot of those <laughs> wow well, skill, yeah Mario Sunshine is skill a issue. Is, skill issue yeah. I think well I mean me, you're not to toot our own horn uh, here Joe but to toot we're two uh, men speaking who have 100%ed Mario Sunshine um, mm-hmm. So I, mean, I feel like we can authoritarily speak about the game. Barry only beat it; he didn't get all the shines like we did. But uh, yeah, really, really funny watching him play that. And now he's playing um, Mario Galaxy, which is obviously not quite as fun in the way that Sunshine was. Because Sunshine mm-hmm. has a lot of uh, ideas contained within it which were kind of ahead of it, ahead of the time uh, in the sense that they don't work because the technology at the time was not ready for right. what they yeah, wanted yeah. to do. And also the development was rushed out and a lot of reasons why Mario Sunshine isn't quite the game uh, that it ought to have been. Um, but watching him play Mario Galaxy, uh, actually, while the streams are still very fun, it, it, it's more you're watching him discover what a wonderful game Mario Galaxy is instead of watching him get angry at how bad a game Mario Sunshine is at times. Mm. And actually, it, it, it scratched a little itch. Me watching him play it actually made me want to go back and play it as well because I played and streamed a bit of Mario Galaxy myself last year and never to completion. Right. So I've picked it up again uh on friday i had no idea where i left off but i picked it up and i I had left off at 43 stars uh now my galaxy has 121 stars technically but really 120 so it's got 120 and then you get to 120 again as luigi and then that unlocks a 121st star i'm not gonna be playing through it again as luigi once is enough uh, I'll just watch the 121st one on YouTube and pretend I did it. Yeah. But I was on 43 stars out of 120, so about a third of the way through the game. Uh, sat down for a session of Galaxy, and in one sitting, I got 23 more stars. Um, so currently, I, and I've played it since then, so currently I'm on 70 stars. So I've nearly almost doubled my total since I started playing mm. again. Oh baby, what a what a game! It's it's everything that Sunshine isn't in the sense of it. It feels like the perfect halfway mm. point 
between 64 and Odyssey. Uh, you can see where there was there was uh, bricks laid for what Odyssey would become. But similarly, you see some blueprints left over from the 64 days. Some of the levels feel very Mario 64-esque. You also have, obviously, a lot of great music taken from the, the, the old Mario games. But um, one thing that I did as well is in anticipation of playing Mario Galaxy, I dusted off the uh, the Wii, set it up again, got the Mario Galaxy disc for Wii, put it into the console, booted up. Okay, let's see where I left off. Uh, my save isn't there because I didn't play it on the Wii. I played on the Wii U. So I'd take it all apart mm. again. And actually, my old save was there from the first time I played Mario Galaxy when it was released in 2008 or whenever it came out, 2007. Uh, and weirdly, I had not got the 120 stars then either. So I've actually never, let's not call it 100% because as I said, mm. the 121st star, play through it twice, that's bullshit. I'm not going to count that. Uh, but I got like 109 stars. Why get so close and then not do the last 11? What was that? <laughs> yeah, just that's enough. So I'm on, I'm, I'm on 70 now. I just did some fucking ball-achingly hard challenges. I There's, there's the uh, collect green stars, and then you shoot up to this little three-pointed island, and there is mm. a manta ray surfing challenge uh, a run on top of the ball challenge and a uh, blow the bubble challenge three of them and they were all rock hard juice robinson um <laughs> the uh the surfing one in particular uh i tried a few times so the surfing one is you go through this whole course on the little ray and the controls are like A to accelerate and tilt your thing to move left or right. Mm. And I, I was falling off the level straight away. And so I looked up on Google, you know, what are the controls? Because probably I was doing something wrong. No. no. Controls are right. I was just horrible at it. Uh, and I'd say it probably took me about 20 goes to even get to the halfway point of the level. Oh, God. And then I made it, once I made it to halfway, I'd be the first time. Hmm. So just just fluked it because I I was thinking you know there's some some uh, of the stars in or the moons in uh, Odyssey you know you have the skipping one and you have the uh, uh, just uh, what's the other one the volleyball there's there's some uh, really tricky ones where you're thinking am I ever going to be able to beat this am I and, and I was thinking that that was going to be the case with this one but I I was able to beat it and so. Uh, Playing it, uh, I've put Starfield on pause because Mario Galaxy gives me way more joy. It's weird to Mm. remember, though, because, you know, I'm so used to playing with a controller now that playing with the Wii, using these stupid little remote control and nunchuck thing, it's a very weird way to play that no other console has really ever done. Uh, Asymmetrical controllers, I just... I never... Was it's very weird. I, I think it's the only one I never. I, I went from GameCube to Switch, so I guess yeah. Wii and Wii U. So and I. And I Where's my I'm Wii? Sorry, U? I'm, I'm not going to use asymmetrical controllers. That's just fucking obscene. It's a nice little Wii U. Yeah, the Wii. Uh, it, it's a really weird, and even 
as good as Mario Galaxy feels, you always feel a little bit mm. weird playing it with the uh, the Wii setup. Yeah. Um, I, I, of course, played it on the Switch with the, the Pro Controller, which was strange because I think we discussed at the time it, it's not really designed for it, and there were some bits that were just very unusual playing yeah. with the Pro Controller. I don't think I'd really... Would I go back and play Galaxy? I didn't really enjoy it. No, I enjoyed it, but not as a Mario game. It just wasn't what I wanted from a, a kind of Mario game. That was Odyssey. Odyssey was like perfection. Odyssey is is tough. Galaxy was fun, but I don't think I'd replay it. Um, I'd maybe replay Sunshine because it's just it's quite. A, I don't mm. think it's a. I don't know. I, I've I've yeah. I've paid my dues with Sunshine. I don't think I'd ever go back <laughs> and play that f- stupid game again. <laughs> I <fucking> hated it. <laughs> yeah. Certainly not to hundred percent it. Because some of those. Um, some of those oh, yeah. shrines. Some of those shrines were. Oh yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I don't know if I'd hundred percent again. Uh, I think I'm looking forward to. It. I pre-ordered Super Mario Wonder. Wonder. Yeah, mm. it's coming out next month. So I'm looking forward to that one. Looks fun. Uh, playing that, yeah. So I mean, really, my, what we want my though, game of the year. <laughs> really, what we want is Odyssey Two, Nintendo. Oh yeah. Come on. Well, Why was there not on. DLC for us? Why would they not put out a few extra levels? Downloadable content. An extra world. You know, a little... 20 quid. Mm. Yeah, three more worlds. They never did it. I don't know. Okay, and I last thing... Never, I never played Galaxy 2. That's only to, to get that. Ah, well, you one. wouldn't have been able to because it was only ever released on the Wii. It'll come out eventually, I'm sure. I'll give that a go. Yeah. Well, I'm going to play it on the Wii after I play nice. Galaxy. So tell us about the music that we've been listening to. Um... Album of the week was a, a surprise album that was dropped by the National mm. uh, called Laugh Track. Um, they already released an album this year, so this was a. They did. I listened to it, and it was. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, this was that was the what was it Frankenstein or something? I yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah. So I'm we're seeing the National on Tuesday uh, in live. Uh, Gig, but gig, probably the fifth time I've seen them. I think. But anyway, yeah, they're, yeah, playing, they're playing in Ireland a few days ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're doing so at the minute, and um, yeah, I listened to this a couple of times. It's it's the national. I think I preferred yeah. it to the the other album that, that came out. That's that what called. I've heard. I've heard it's better. <laughs> if I can remember what that one was called, something. It was wasn't it Frankenstein? Right, I'm it like that. Yeah, yeah, the first two pages of Frankenstein. Um, I preferred this one. I think I had some more interesting songs on it. Uh, I listened to it a couple of times. Phoebe Bridges is on it. That's that laugh track single was pretty good. Um, yeah, it was. It was good. It was good. I don't have uh, too much to say about it. Um, uh, yeah, thought I'd listen to it ahead of the, the gig so that I don't just sing along to the the old ones. <laughs> just pre- pretend that I know some of the new songs. Yeah, I listened to the Olivia. Rodrigo album that you reviewed last week. Mm, mm. Uh, I thought it was pretty good. Um, it is very Paramore mm. uh, kind of pop punk rock. Yeah. Uh, but not as much as I thought it was going to be. I, I think there's more slow uh not emotional, but like slower ballads 
than mm. I thought it was going to be. Like the, the first song kicks in and it's really Paramore esque. I thought, okay, this is what this album's going to be. It's it's punky, it's punchy, it's fun. And then there was the first kind of slower song. I said, okay, that, that's yeah. fine, you know. But then then there was another one, and then there was another one, and then there's another one. I thought this album is more than half of this. I was expecting it to be mostly mm. uh, upbeat pop punk. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I, I don't know that it really will leave a kind of lasting impression, but it was it was mm. fun, and the lyrics are are fun and clever. Um, I don't know that there was a, a standout track. Uh, maybe I need to give it another listen, but I thought it was I thought it was pretty good. Certainly better than the Miley Cyrus album, and I actually thought that this would be closer to what Miley Cyrus would have put out. Ironically, right? Yeah, I, I think reflecting since I listened to it, I I listened to another review. There's a, there's a podcast Michelle listens to called the. Uh, the sloppy boys who do they it's a cocktail review show but then they also do a bonus one where they review music yeah. um and they kind of talked about it feeling a little bit too manu like manufacture is a kind of heavy word in music but being very kind of everything's done for a specific reason like even when she 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 swears on a few of the songs but it's in a very particular point where it's quite easy to do a radio edit of you know, I mean, it's not like she's kind of dropping f bombs throughout sure. the song. It's like, oh, we can easily edit this to put out for the for the kids or for on radio. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of stuff like that where it's almost like, oh, I've put in a swear word to make it feel a little bit more edgy, but it's not. Uh, it's not really there for a particular reason. Or some of the references, and I, I kind of agree with that. I thought it was, it didn't feel like a real expression of someone. That uh, it's it, it, made, it, made for people to crop out bits for TikTok videos. Yeah, yeah. But to kind of to fit a kind of template or to fit a sort of to to fit the Spotify algorithm, it's like this is what's going to work, <laughs> rather than just oh, I'm going to write a song because I I've got this idea for a song kind of thing. Right. It's right. got the it's got the end in mind of of what it wants to create, rather than just instead of it organically kind of happening. Yeah, yeah. But you know, I'm sure it's for the, I, I, for the fans. I, I like her They'll voice. Like I like her attitude. I liked. Most of the songs, I would say, but like them in the way that... Oh, there she is. Um, like them in the way where they just kind of, eh, it's all right, wash over me. I mean, I've never really been into that genre much. Anyway, I listened mm. to that um, Machine Gun Kelly pop-up, pop-punk album he brought out last year. Oh, right. Oh, fucking terrible. Uh, this was certainly better than that. Um, sorry. I, I was kind of hoping that there'd be more bangers that would kind of immediately kind of resonate with me in a, in a kind of rocky way but the mm. riffs were all i would say fairly standard um yeah. i think I, I still think it was good i don't think it, it, it it's anything that i'll think much about weeks from now but nice to finally have a bit of uh, exposure to the the big name in uh in pop yeah. music out there currently, you know. Yeah, got it. And um, that is going to do it for us for this week. Thank you for joining us, everyone. Um, episode 626 is done. We will be back next week with a preview of 
uh, AW Wrestle Dream. Ooh, baby. Uh, as well as a review of all the wrestling and all the TV and the films and the music and whatever Barry's been up to, um, we're sure we'll hear about. Um, so, <laughs> I think it's just on holiday. It's just having a, an old now pint. Exciting. Yeah. Pint of the black stuff. Um, so for me, um, Tony, it is a goodbye. Have a great week. And from my friend Paul Griffin, it's goodbye as well. Yeah. Have a great week as well. Cheers. <laughs> Not a very good outro. We'll do, we'll take it. <laughs>